0: Good morning, good morning, ain't it a great morning? Kind of muggy, but you know, it's summertime, that's what it's all about. Here it is, end of June. About to start July, got a July 4th weekend coming up. We're going to be talking about gardening for the next hour or so. I'm horticulturist Felda Rushing, and you've tuned in to the Gestalt Gardener, which is a weekly garden party put on by Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Got some patriotic music coming up, got some cheesy tunes sent in by a listener, but mostly it's a live program and we're going to be talking about whatever is on your mind. So if you've got something to chat with about your garden, this a good chance. Uh, we get, we're going to give the telephone numbers and the emails because this is a live program, folks. We're going to take a little break for some news, and come back with a Gastel Garden here on MPB where we love to get dirty.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB public radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Okie okay, dokie, folks, welcome back to fell to Rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening for the next hour or so. Hope you've got some things on your mind because here it is this time of year. It's awful hot. Sometimes it's dry. We get, you know, rains and stuff like that. But it's not a great time to be out there actually gardening. Uh, But it doesn't stop things from growing, from producing, and also from critters from taking over and getting all sorts of problems. I'm getting all sorts of emails and calls right now about uh, diseases on tomatoes and and, uh, weird moles and all sorts of critters out in the garden. So if you have questions about stuff like that, I'll try my best not to. Not to straddle any lines. I'll try to recommend what I would do myself. Uh, Sometimes it involves a product. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it involves just ignoring it. and Maybe it won't be that big a deal. And there's quite a few of those out there. They irritate us, but they don't cause any real serious problems. Um, Anyway, that's some of those value calls and I'll try not to make those too much. But if you have some questions you'd like to chat about gardening, this is a good chance. Uh, Again, I'm a a horticulture professor. I'm retired, written a bunch of books and blah, 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 but I don't sell anything. And I try to be as kind of bottom line as I would do in my own garden. And I I don't mind doing extra stuff, but I don't want to do Stupid extra stuff. Um, if it's extra, extra stuff that doesn't need to be done, I'll try to find a way around it if I can. Uh, at the same time, if you're bound and determined you're going to do something, whether it makes sense or not, let's have a little bit of fun. Let's see what we can come up with and enjoy the, the journey, whether we, we end up at the right, the right destination. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven mpb ring MPB stands for Mississippi Public broadcasting. No, we don't care where you are. If you're listening uh, anywhere in the country right now, if you're listening online, you can still call us toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. If you've got some uh, some questions, can't call, don't feel like calling, want to shoot us an email, or if you're listening to this by podcast, which a lot of people, uh, both around the state, the region, the country, and even the world do, shoot me an email. Uh, I'm sitting here in front of a laptop right now, so if you've got some questions, want to shoot me an email in real time. We'll get right to it. The email is easy. It's garden at mpbonline.org. So again, if you want to give us a call, no problem, toll free. If you want to shoot me an email, no problem, toll free. But the main thing is, uh, let's chat about stuff i got the lines open right now. I want to kick around a few ideas. I got an email this past week from uh, a, a guy who said he's got problems with moles in his yard. wants to know what he can do about it. And, uh, you know, I wish there was an easy solution for that. But the truth is there isn't. Uh, I work with botanic gardens uh, whose horticulturists and garden managers really need to keep things looking as good as they can. So whether it's an insect or a disease or moles or squirrels, whatever, uh, they've got to deal with it. Um, They do the best they can, and pretty much the consensus is there's not much you can do about moles other than dig them up, root them out with a feist dog, or put one of those plunger-type mole traps out there. Uh, You know, you have to to put the mole trap in the right place. Moles have main tunnels they use all the time going back and forth to the underground burrow, and then they have one-shot feeding runs where they just go out looking for earthworms and grubs and things like that. They They don't eat plants. Uh, but while they're using those temporary feeding runs, they may not go down those again, so you need to find the main run. Usually, it's like a hallway connecting a bunch of stuff. Sometimes, it's in a protected place, but if you can find that, if you're not sure, you can mash it down with your foot just a little bit. You know, don't stomp it flat. Just mash it down. If it's pushed back up the next day, that's where you want to put the trap. That's a main run. It's not fun. It's not elegant. It's not anything that we really want to do, but if you don't like the way moles are digging around, looking for worms and grubs, and are pushing up humps up uh, tunnels in your in your your lawn, not much else you can do. I did have a fellow some years ago, older gentleman, who said he would sit out in his yard in the mornings. that's when moles are most active. You can see them. You can actually, if you pay attention, you can actually see them pushing up their tunnels. You know, they they're not slow. They're not fast. But uh, he said he would sit out in his front yard in the mornings in a chair with an axe across his lap, and when he saw, when he saw where the moles were pumping up, were humping the dirt up, he went after it. And I'm thinking, that's pretty creepy. You're probably going to get the neighborhood watch called you on that. But um, anyway, you can also, um, well, there's not much yet. The poisons, the baits, the repellents, the chewing gum, the mothballs, they don't work. I don't even want anybody to call me say that they do, because they might for some of you, but for the most part, if they worked... We'd all know about it. So anyway, if you want to give me a call and talk about what's on your gardening mind, it's toll free 1-877-MPB-RING. Real easy. Just uh, give us a call. We've got some folks who are who are standing around, sitting around on the line, waiting to uh, uh to to pick up your phones. Give us a call, and we'll chat about stuff. I got an email just a little bit while ago that, uh, from uh, Aaron, uh, I think it's Kreischer, it might be Kreischer, uh said, um, that's a really pretty purple and green wandering Jew, and it's a, it's a, a tropical, um, it's more of a hanging basket potter plant. Uh, wants to, trying it at different locations in the yard, but doesn't seem to be very happy. Trying in too much sun, you know, it gets kind of burned up, want to put it outside, Here's the deal. Wandering Jew does not like full sun in the summertime in Mississippi. It'll take it, but it's going to look really ratty. So if you want to put it in a lightly shaded spot, especially when it's kind of moist, it'll not only thrive, but it'll spread. Sometimes it'll actually come back after a a mild winter. I've had it come back two or three times. Uh, I even have a type of wandering Jew that's green with white and pink splotches on it uh, that's come back through two pretty hard winters. But anyway, dew does best in the shade. If you put it in a place that's kind of moist or gets watered every time, now and then, it makes a wonderful ground cover. It's a terrific plant. Also very easy to root. It roots at every leaf joint. So anyway, uh, Aaron, good luck on that. appreciate your uh, shooting the email about that. Also got a, a, an email that says that the uh, Bailey Avenue Garden Club is having their, their uh, annual flower show now I don't see. I'm just looking on here where when it is. Oh, here we. Here, hang on just a second while we're talking. I've got, I've got the document on that. But if you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, another email I got this past week while I'm looking up the the uh, the time for the Bailey Avenue uh, Garden Club uh, Plant Show. Um, this past week I got an email. Uh, about um, Robert, who said he's got cedar trees. Those little pods with worms hanging all over it. They look like um, they, mm, I don't. They look sort of like Christmas hornets, The little teardrop-shaped things hanging off your cedar trees, your junipers, your arborvitis, Sometimes a few other plants. I've seen them on river birches, but typically on conifer-type plants. They look they're oh, an inch and a half to two and a half inches long. They look like leaf-colored little Christmas ornaments. And they're, they're um, they call them bagworms. Bagworms because these caterpillars hatch from eggs laid by moths. And they cover themselves in a silken cocoon that's got bits of cedar or juniper leaves worked into it. So it looked like little, mostly brown, sometimes a little green left, little Christmas ornaments made out of uh, silk and leaves. By the time you notice them, they're big enough or they've already pretty well done their damage for the year. There's only one, what we call one generation. They only show up typically in June, July, and then that's about it. So if they're still feeding, if you can still they, 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 they crawl around, hanging upside down, if they're still feeding, you can control them with almost any kind of insecticide, including the natural biological worm spray that only kills caterpillars. Biological worm sprays are sold at almost every garden center. They're quick, they're effective, they're all natural. But anything that'll control caterpillars will control these. Once they finish feeding, they attach themselves to the twig with a little piece of, little, little uh, wrapping of, of silk. No, no amount of spray is gonna get rid of them. But it's pretty important if you pull them off to, to sort of twist them off so you get that little bit of silk wrapping also. Otherwise if you just pull them off, that silk can kind of girdle the twig and, and cause some problems. So anyway, if you've got bagworms, these little Christmas tree looking ornament things on your trees, uh sometimes they can defoliate a tree. Sometimes they can completely eat all this leaves this year's leaves. They'll put out some new leaves, but they look pretty bad. I'd either spray them or, or pull them off. Uh, meanwhile, let's slide up to Tupelo. Dave, thank you for calling. What's going on this morning? So I have a
2: question for you. Yeah. I was going to order about three weeks ago from Baker Seeds. I was going to order a possum purple passion fruit plant. Have you ever
0: heard of it? Uh, not not that particular one, but I would what? be. It, it sounds like just one of our native passion vine, passion flowers. Oh, you think so? Because it says I don't it know. On Google, it says it originates in Brazil. It could be, could be. It, does, does it say what the Latin name is?
2: Uh, give me just a second, and I can tell you.
0: Yeah, the exactly. reason I'm saying because anything that's got the word passion or passion fruit or something like that is, you know, who knows what what those kind of folk names are. It's passion fruit. Edulis. Am I yeah. pronouncing that correctly? That, that's right. Passiflor, you know, that's our native pop. The, our, our native one is just called, people call it Maypop. And okay. they're hardy. If Baker Seeds is selling Baker Seeds is, I've known the people really well for a long time. I've been to their place a couple of times, and they're they're really pretty reputable. Uh, they're, but I'm, I'm just, I'm hesitating a little bit because some of the Passifloras, are hardy on our Gulf Coast, but maybe not in North Mississippi. Some of them do better in Southern California or Florida along the Gulf Coast. They may freeze further north. I I just don't know which one that one is.
2: Well, it's unusual because I have an heirloom organic farm called Mississippi Farms. And Uh everything I do out there is old, trying to recover old seeds and things like that. And it
3: just appeared
2: in my test beds. And I just happened to notice it this morning. I took a picture of the flower and looked it up, and it looked exactly like the one from – Brazil through Paraguay and northern Argentina, it says. But yeah. I assume that this is a common flower style for that. What am I trying to say? Flower shape, look, or whatever. Yes, for yes,
0: plant, yes, correct? yes. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's unusual like that. I tell you what, if you want to forward that picture to me, you know, I can do a little quick research. But uh it, you say it's eduless. I'll look it up when I'm, you know, when I'm not, you know, on the air. Um, other thing to keep in mind though is, um, if you like the heirloom stuff, let me also recommend. Another source in the South is called Southern Exposure. Southern they're over North Carolina. Southern Sixth Exposure, okay. yeah, Southern Seed Exchange. Anyway, just Google that. They're uh, they specialize in heirlooms for the South. Uh, okay. They, you know, folks at folks at Baker Creek, they're all over the country. I've I've worked with them. I've given lectures for them out in California. So they're okay, pretty much all over the place. Southern Exposure, hardcore South.
2: Okay. See, I'm a member of the Seed Savers Program. Yeah, yeah, I, so, you know, I trade back and forth with them a lot.
0: Yeah, well, Seed Savers, you know, it, there's probably not 300 miles of difference between Seed Savers and, and the Baker Creek people up in up in uh, Missouri. But anyway, yeah. just check check out the the uh, Southern Exposure because they're really hardcore South. Okay. All, right, well, All three of those are good story. Uh sh- Shoot me an email about that because if I, if it turns out you got a flora that's going to produce fruit well. Um, that's not just our native one, I might want a piece of that myself. Okay. All, all right, appreciate it. Okay, I did quite get stumped, got close to getting stumped just then. If I don't know something, I'll admit it, and I'll try to find more stuff out. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring shoot me an email garden at mpbonline.org i'm horticulturist felder rushing this is the gestalt gardener a production of mississippi public broadcasting hey hey when we come back for this tiny little short break we're going to play a little tune sent in by nadine phillips who's a listener a little short thing that sort of explains kind of what we do again horticulturist felder rushing we'll be back with of the gestalt gardener right after this Welcome back. horticulturist Felder Russian. Hey, while we we're uh, taking that break, I went online and Passiflora edulis. It does look very much like our native passion flower, which is uh, Passiflora incarnata. It looks a lot like it, and uh, and it might very well be hardy here. I'm going to learn a little bit more about it, but uh, it's always having fun having a, 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 a new kind of fruit that we grow that's also great, great for butterflies. Now, I also wanted to, to uh, mention that we've got, I, I found the... Um, the press release about the Bailey Avenue Garden Club, which I've been to a couple of times. They have a they have a terrific assortment of plants that grew themselves. I got two complete containers full of hardy succulents, little sedums and treatment things. And I've had it I guess maybe three or four years Winter, spring, summer, fall, outdoors, no care at all, flowers and everything. I think I got them for like $2. Anyway, the Bailey Avenue Garden Club, it's their 57th annual flower show. It's going to be Sunday, June the 30th, this coming Sunday. It's going to be 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock at the R.L. White Fellowship Hall of Hope Springs uh, Church on Livingston Road in Jackson. They got potted plants, floor arrangements, cut flowers, all sorts of different kinds of flowers. Of, of, uh, of uh, flower arrangement that they're doing but anyway Bailey Avenue Garden Club flower show three o'clock to five o'clock at the uh, uh, R.L. White Fellowship Hall Hope Spring Church on Livingston Avenue in Jackson glad to help promote that hey let's slide across the Mississippi River and talk to Jim from Cabot Arkansas hey Jim how are you today hello Jim's listening to the radio Jim, turn off your radio. (laughs) Okay, Java, you're in charge of this one. Jim, yeah, what's up? Have
3: you ever heard of coffee grounds chasing bulls out of
0: your yard? Yes, I have, but it doesn't work. You're talking about, vo- okay, so I, I yeah, uh, we have a delay, folks, in case I say something kind of nasty, and we need to cut it short, and so if you call in, uh, talk on the phone, not, not on the radio, because it takes a, a good while to get that back. Anyway, yes, I've heard of coffee grounds, about moles, voles, I've heard of chewing gum, I've heard of mothball I've heard it all, and they simply don't work, they don't work well if at all, and if they work at all, it's just temporary for some people. So all these home remedies, they make sense, but mostly they're people grasping at straws. If you've got moles, you have to put this stuff everywhere because moles eat uh, worms and grubs and they travel far and wide under the ground. If it's voles, voles are plant eaters, and you have to use a lot because they can be over uh, 10 or 15 square yards. So anyway, lots of different things to try. Uh, not a, Most of them, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to be honest about it. Uh, give them a try. Enjoy the efforts. And if they work, well, great. If they don't, well, you know, it's not something I recommend it. Hey, let's go up to North Mississippi, Tippa County. Hey, Joe, good morning, sir.
1: Good morning. I want to talk to you about the Maypox. Uh, yeah. I've got them in my orchard, and they try to compete with my kiwi vines, and they, they die <laughs> down in the winter, but they come right back up in the spring.
0: Yeah. Now, do you know which one? Have you got the native one?
1: In terms of of the vines surviving, but come up back up from the roots in the springtime and and, uh, produce.
0: Yeah. Now, Joe, is yours the native one, or is this this one they call Edmonds? It's native. They're just wild. They just come up. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the why they are. They're they're herbaceous perennials. They die down and come back. That's what mine does. It dies yeah, completely yeah. to the ground every year, but comes back up. But one he's talking about is supposed to be a little extra productive. It's native to South America. It looks like ours, but I think it's got more fruits for people. Yeah. You know, they're perfectly edible. But yeah, our native one is a hardy, yeah. hard hard to get rid of perennial. Yeah, we used to eat them when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, you know, it's so funny because I'm from the Delta. We don't have as much of it there in the Delta. You see along rows and rows, but everything in the Delta, you know, if it could be farmed, it's been farmed. But when I first heard you could eat them, I tried one, and it just wasn't that great. And then I realized you don't eat them while they're green. You let no, them get,
3: you no. Let,
0: you let them get yellow and juicy. But, like uh, persimmons. <laughs> Uh, exactly, but anyway, um, I appreciate my you. farm,
1: my farm's right on the Tennessee border, so I'm as yeah. far up Mississippi as you can go, and they, they, they come back up.
0: Yeah, well, we're trying to find out if this, the, the one they're trying to sell is yeah. not exactly the same one as we grow. It just looks like. But yeah. anyway, appreciate it, man. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. All righty, let's slide down to Florence in Central Mississippi. Hey, Dorothy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you?
2: I'm fine, thank you.
0: I, good, good one. Uh, My
2: attention was brought to uh, some of the trees in my neighbor's yard. It had some,
3: it looked like a big web. And yeah.
2: my husband
3: told me that these could uh, eventually destroy the tree. And now they're in
1: my house.
2: And I was wondering how can you take care of them, get rid of them, and the uh,
0: proper way. And if it's true that, they could destroy the trees. Okay, now, we're, we're having a little trouble here, but let me get, these are webs, they're probably f- two or three feet big, and they're scattered around the tree, full of caterpillars?
2: Yes, similar to caterpillars. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, those are called tent caterpillars, obviously, because they make tents. One moth can lay many, many, many dozens of eggs. Every time you see one of those where one moth laid a cluster of eggs, and when they hatch out, the caterpillars uh, sort of protect themselves with that silken uh, tent. Uh, all they do is they eat foliage. They'll eat the leaves in that general area. They're not going to kill the tree. They can weaken it if you have a lot of them, but they're not going to kill the trees. A lot of people say if you burn them or cut them out, that does more damage than they would do. They're just eating leaves. So if the tree is healthy, it'll put out some new leaves and it's not that big a deal. Um, it's hard to spray them because uh, you have to use, a, a, you have to add dish detergent to spray to help it penetrate that web. But for the most mm-hmm. part, if you could just reach them with a, a rake or a, tell, or, or a fishing pole and just wrap them up and throw them on the ground, mm-hmm. the wasps and the, the spiders will, and the birds will take care of them, but they won't hurt a tree. They, they, they can weaken it a little bit, but rarely they get a seriously hurt a tree.
2: Thank you so much. That takes care okay. of
0: the fear. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it takes care. It takes it takes care of the fear, but now you got to deal with the questions later. So anyway, if you could reach them and pull them down, but burning them and uh, cutting them off, that does a lot more damage. All they're doing is eating a few. By the time you see them, they've done most of the damage they're going to do for the whole year.
2: Great. I'm I'm so happy. Thank you.
0: So <laughs> okay. Good good luck on it. Appreciate it. Okay, let's slide down to the uh, to the county seat of Pike County, Mississippi, Magnolia. Hey, John, how are you?
1: Uh, good morning, fella. How you doing this morning?
0: Good. What's up? Uh,
1: I got some peas, and I got black on them. It looked like Sutton, and they're just eating the peas of this slime off.
0: Uh, I don't know what that is. I haven't seen that. You know that it, it's just. I mean, they just melting them. It's like a disease. There's not an insect in there, is it?
1: I do not like uh, the disease or something, but anyway, it just you know you can take your hand and slide it down and just the peas just kill the peas. I,
0: I don't know what that is. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I've I've, I've <laughs> spent a lot of time studying about vegetables, disease, the insects, but I haven't seen that one. Let me suggest two things. One is if you could send me a good, clear, close-up picture, then I might be able to help. But otherwise, um. I don't know if there's a county agent there uh, in Pike County or not, but if you could 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 take some of that by the extension office, they can give you instant information. But but okay. but take one there. I, otherwise, I, I would just hate to guess. Okay. I don't know whether it's okay. disease or what. Just don't know. Okay, okay. Thank you very much, this Bella. Okay. Hey, good luck on it, John. Ooh, there's so many insects and diseases, so many things out there that cause problems in the garden, and I try to stay on top of them. But that's not one that I've ever seen or heard of personally. I'm gonna do a little research, but don't know if it's gonna help John today. Hey, I tell you what, we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna take another phone call and then take a break, because uh, I wanna play a little patriotic music in just a second. But let's let's uh, slide over to Hurley. Good morning, Mitch. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine, and uh, just want to ask a question.
3: I, I... I tend to take and uh, reuse uh, potting soil. because so I move a pot plant to a bigger pot and I get a little bit from there and it accumulates yeah. up and so forth. And I mean, just want know, is there a way to revitalize the old soil? I've looked online and they say, oh, well, take a bag of new and mix it with the old. But that seems like that just kind of cuts down the life of the new bag. But <laughs> I could mix in and let it sit and kind of compost
0: that would revitalize that soil and get some nutrients back into it. Well, it's a a real good question. But here's the deal. Most potting soil is made out of, uh, of, of organic debris, whether it's peat moss or, you know, different kinds of peat or manure compost, that kind of stuff. And it doesn't have a lot of real nutrients, micronutrients. It doesn't have any real nutrients on its own. It's more of a Medium for holding plants. You, you know, most of the time they don't have enough fertilizer on their own. So basically, as the old stuff decomposes, it turns into dust and powders and washes out the hole in the bottom. Basically, you just have to add more stuff. It's sort of like if you got a big family and you got a big pot of macaroni and cheese. Every now and then, you got to throw some more water and macaroni in there. So, but but uh, so so the, the potting soil itself doesn't have nutrients per se. It just holds. Air and water and nutrients for the plants. So, it, it, in other words, just every now and then add some new stuff to the old or add some two old stuff together, whatever it takes, just replace and replenish what basically disappears over time. Okay, and then uh, use, and uh, so, you know, by the way, have you heard all sorts of people say don't do that? You got to use sterile potting soil and all that? Yes. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, I, it can't be because I, I've been reusing stuff and the plants don't die off and nothing happens. <laughs> I have to. You know, I learned two. I learned two different things. I learned horticulture does it one way for commercial, perfection, production type thing, and then there's a the way that I was raised by my mother, my grandmother, and my great grandmother, and just just keep on keeping on. Yes. Well, I spent years as a paramedic, and and when I was in my schooling, my classing at
3: the community college here. We were told, okay, here's how we do it in a classroom, and here's how you're going to have to do it when you're out on the side of the road. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, no, just all you're trying to do is just basically, you know, replace, you know, what 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 disappears, what breaks down. That's all it is. Sure. Excellent. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. And I really enjoy all your right. show. Appreciate it being part of it, Mitch. All right. Okay, let's take one, Let's take one more call before we go to the music. This is Bill up in Greenville. Hey, Bill, how are you, sir?
3: i'm doing okay felder
0: i got a problem with my tomatoes i've caught
3: several small flat trays of the ones that i wanted like cherokee purple and german black but uh Uh, we had some rain of the night had them on the front porch. they were splattered a little bit but but uh looks like they're all dead they the, the very middle of the stem is uh is dead and it looks like the the bottom is dead, but the top is still green, so I guess they're not going to make it, are they?
0: Yeah, you, is it, these are tomato plants? Yeah, yeah, I just bought them. They're yeah, little, t- yeah, little t- tomato plants, yeah. Yeah, just yeah here, 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 here's the deal. As uh, tomato plants, as they grow with new leaves at the top and on the ends of the stems, the older leaves are going to gradually fade and fail and not do that well, especially if they were grown in a greenhouse and you move them to your house. The leaves, when they, when they first get formed, uh, whatever conditions they are, if that condition changes, like you move them from a greenhouse to a garden center to your house, those leaves are going to be shed off the plant while it puts new leaves on. There are some diseases that can speed that up also. So in general, if you'll go in and plant them, Plant them a little on the deep side. Tomatoes can root up and down the stem. And just give them a little bit of fertilizer. Let the new growth, you know, be your new plant. Don't worry about the leaves that are on it when you bought it. Just kiss them goodbye. Try to help the plant put on some new leaves. A little bit of fertilizer, not too much.
3: I heard P. Allen Smith said to plant them deep, so I guess I'll plant them deep. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it, well, you you could do it at tomatoes because, like I say, some people lay them sideways and them up and they'll root up and down the stem. But tomatoes are about the only plant you could do like that.
1: Yeah.
3: I want to ask you something about your music, Felder. Uh, okay. did Did you uh, get that that music? Sounds like it was was it from Andy Griffith's uh, old TV show album? Any of your music?
0: Uh, I no, actually, it sounded like that. The, the The tune to my program was actually. Uh, was was composed, written, performed, whistle, and everything by a fellow who's a cameraman for Mississippi Educational Television back in the 1980s when when I had a, a TV show. But uh-huh. it starts out that it's it it's, it sounds very much like the Andy Griffith uh, theme song. But no, it's an original tune by a fellow who used to work for Mississippi ETV back in the 1980s.
3: Oh, well, I know Andy Griffin put out an album a long time ago, so I was oh, thinking yeah. if I got the album, I'd get the song, but I guess I wasn't. No,
0: nope. nope. Ain't nothing to it, man. Hey, listen, I appreciate it. Good luck on your maters. All right. Bye, Felder. All righty. Now, folks, let me set this tune up. Next week being the 4th of July, 5th of July, uh, it's a holiday. Uh, folks at MPB gonna sleep in a little bit late and take it, take a little holiday off. So I thought I would get a jump on it. play something patriotic. And keep in mind that uh, this is for my son who's on active duty. He's overseas right now with the army. All the military folks. My dad was a marine. I was in the Navy band during Vietnam. And here's the United States Navy band playing something that's about as patriotic as you can as America's. National Song. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Gardener right after a little bit of pre-4th of July uh, patriotic festivities. I'm Horticulturist Phil rushing at MPB. We'll be right back. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticultures fell to rushing. Like I said, it's a little bit of. Some people may think that tune is a little bit of a uh, kind of corny, I guess. But I cannot tell you how many, many dozens of times I played that tune every year when I was in the United States Navy Band. Uh, we're going to be talking about gardening up until the end of the hour. I've Got a couple of callers on the line, but let me throw this out r- real quick to JP and Sam. They said they're driving up I-65 in Alabama. Um, he said my wife Sam is the one with the green thumb got some clippings from a friend in California that have done Well, is some succulents. I want to know about growing them under grow lights um, and f- First of all, there are a lot of plants growing under grow lights almost all of them work as long as you have both warm Special grow lights or warm and cool bulbs to give them all the light spectrum they need most of the grow light kits work fine uh, however you got to keep the plants very close to the bulbs because you know two feet away is not 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 that good. succulents, which are a favorite of mine I collect them i've got i' not i don't know how many dozens of different kinds I've got they like really bright lights. Grow lights are pretty good light if the plants are close to it. I would suggest growing the succulents. Uh, and uh, mix them up several in different pots and put them in a place that's not direct sun because it'll burn them in the hot, hot sun, unlike in California um, or, or England. If, the, if you give them bright, maybe morning light or late afternoon sun, but bright light during the day, put them near a window, they'll do a whole lot better. And a lot of them can actually take a hard freeze, depending on what they are. But uh, I wouldn't think of, of the expense of, growing, of grow lights for succulents that'll grow in a pot outdoors most of the year and then just keep them in a sunny window and protect them from hard freezes over the winter time so anyway if you have some more questions about those it's the, both the grow lights and the succulents two separate issue shoot me an email and uh this you know this is for you jp sam if you're listening make him shoot me an email garden at mpbonline.org now let's go up to walls which is right on the edge of the delta hey wayne good morning sir
4: Good morning, Felder. How are you?
0: So far, so good. What's going on?
4: Well, I got two things going on in my garden. I get these Mm -hmm. edgers uh, that you put along your garden and all that stuff. Now, I don't dig no hole or nothing. And I put them there. And about a year later, they're all the way down level with the ground. I don't know what happens. My house is sitting on (laughs) on top of the same ground, and it ain't went down no three, four inches. You know, uh,
0: yeah. It's a couple of things, and both of them are kind of stretches. I'm gonna make an educated guess here. One is it's not that the grass and everything's growing up around it. You know, I'm gonna assume that that, that you're not throwing that curveball at me. But no. believe it or not, er, believe it or not, earth. If you got earthworms, an earthworm can bury a brick by tunneling around, and digging up under it. A wor- you know, they they've done sh- movies where they put a brick out, and did the stop action camera, and worms can can sink a brick into the ground by just tunneling around. Really? Them. And it, yeah. if you got pretty good dirt and you got any kind of earthworms at all, that could be all it is to it. And of course, it could also be neighborhood kids coming over and stomping on them at night. But I am not even going there.
4: Right. Well, it's in the backyard, and yes, she puts out earthworms for her garden, so maybe that's what happened.
0: But it, well, it, I mean, I you know, that, figure that out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that could very likely be what. It, I, this educated guess, educated right. guess. But I have seen, I've seen worms bury. Uh, uh, things put up you know outside over years for a long long time
4: right and the second thing I want to know about dirt is this I can dig a hole and put all the dirt on a piece of cardboard or tarp put a plant in there put the dirt back in take a one by twos pack it in there tight put a little water on it and I still ain't got enough dirt to fill that hole what's happening
0: well a couple of things you know when when you dig dirt that's nice and loose and friable when you put it back in there you know it's full of air spaces especially if you got worms worms create all those those uh, wormholes they're just full of air and 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 you dig it out it gets rid of those you put them back in it sifts the 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 air spaces out basically it's sort of like taking the well i mean that's the best thing when you dig it you're 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 breaking down the that loose composition of it, and you're putting it back just as the, as the pure stuff.
4: Okay. Well, you know, but, uh, I got to use a pulse hole digger to dig that hole, but, and I just like I ain't got enough dirt to fill that hole. I just
0: it just blows my mind what happens with the dirt. I don't know. Well, uh, again, you know, when when worms dig around in there, they leave worm tunnels, which are just basically tubes of air. And when you dig it up, all those uh, collapse so uh you know now there is one other thing and i don't want to really go here but i'm obligated to say it according to the old farmer's almanac depending on what time of moon you it is if you dig a post hole uh certain time of the moon the post will sink if you or if you dig a ditch or digging holes by the moon according to all old farmer's almanac will affect how much dirt goes back in the hole whether you got it left over or not I'm not. I'm uh-huh. not buying in. I'm just throwing that out because somebody else is going to remind me of it if, if if I don't say it. So really? I'm, I'm going with. The, I would never I, think I, that for a million years. Well, I, I wouldn't either. But at the same time, I, you know, I I got to say what all I know. What I let's put right. it this way: it was said and I heard it. That if you don't dig by the, by the by the right phase of the moon, you're not going to have dirt, enough dirt to go back in the hole. I'm going to go with the the broke breaking down of the composition uh, from from just sifting out the air holes. Okay. All right. Well,
4: thank you for your time because you know that's bothered <laughs> me for ever since I've been a kid digging a hole can't enough dirt back in the hole. So
0: I check, mean, with the, check with the check with the
4: farmers all in that first. South, same thing. So <laughs> good good luck on it. Appreciate it. Thank you, Felder. Appreciate
0: you. <laughs> All righty. Let's go to Campbell. Campbell's caller from Jackson. Hey, Campbell. Good morning, sir. Hey,
1: Felder. Good morning. How are you?
0: I'm fine. What's going on? Um, so I'm working
1: on a on a school project. I'm uh, testing a couple different fertilizers on marigolds. Uh, they're a natural insecticide. They're pretty uh, pretty heat resistant, so it's perfect for the Mississippi summer. Um, but the problem that I'm having is coming up with uh, like a soil recipe. Uh, I've looked up a couple things online, uh, and I'm having trouble finding like straight loam. So I've uh, resorted to a couple loam-based um, soils, uh, And i was yeah. wondering if you uh, had any input on, uh, on Sun Grow, I believe it is. It's a, it's a loam-based, and there's p- uh, pine bark um, and other things in there. And I was just uh, curious if you had any knowledge on if it's good for marigolds or not.
0: Well, th- th- there's there's several things that will come in. Uh, first of all, uh, straight loam is what we call Dirt, and the the okay. kind of dirt you ha- the kind of dirt you find over from Edwards, Vicksburg, Natchez, along the edge of the hills, that's real. Lo- As a matter of fact, this is odd. That is official Mississippi's official state soil is Yazoo <laughs> loam. I- I'm not I making this about up. That. Yeah, yeah, but but there, there's a place over in South Jackson called Hutto's. They sell loam by the truckload. Real dirt. That's what it is. Okay, uh, awesome. So, but but it's see, loam is a is a soil classification the stuff that they're selling is loam that's got other stuff mixed in it that ain't loam anymore loam is actually as a type of clay type of dirt uh the stuff they're selling is a combination of dirt and potting soil type ingredients so you know that's that that that's not that's not loam loam is real dirt now let me throw a couple of other things out with you are you going to try to grow all them all of them the same and then compare how they grow on the different fertilizers
1: Yes, sir. So uh, I have okay. several different uh, raised beds, and so I'll have yeah. – each bed will be um, a different control group, so one will have – But the same,
0: this, this same kind of dirt, though. Yes, yeah, sir. same yes, same, same kind of dirt. Well, luckily, marigolds will grow in a lot of different kind of soils as long as you don't keep them too wet. Um, so it, the, the biggest thing is try not to over-fertilize them by over-watering. You know, marigolds are pretty drought-tolerant. Too much water can cause – it, it can kill the plants, for one thing. We can also screw up your results. So try not to keep them too wet, whatever kind of soil you go with. And okay. uh, second of all, i got to throw this out. Marigolds are not a natural insecticide. That is a huge myth. It is a huge myth. <laughs> and I don't, don't want to really go into it too much. If you want the details about it, shoot me an email. But that's based on a really distant esoteric fact that if you grow them, chop them up, till them into the soil, they'll repel nematodes. That has no effect on and the, any other kind of... matter of fact, they <laughs> attract spider mites. So if uh, you're trying to often. grow something... Pretty and easy. That's a good one, but it's not the natural insecticide.
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> shoot, well, shoot me an email. It, <laughs>
0: any 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 kind of potting soil. Try not to keep them too wet. And and if you put some kind of bark mulch on the top, that'll keep the ground cool and moist, and the plants will grow better.
1: Awesome. Do you mind if I ask you one quick follow up? No, go ahead. Um, do you have any like um like is there kind of like a rule of thumb uh as such for uh, like watering the marigolds?
0: Uh, yeah, when they get really dry, give them a good soaking.
1: Okay, but it's not like once a week, like every Tuesday and Thursday or something like that? Or uh, no, just, uh, just, no,
0: no, cool. no. You know, water them because different soils hold water longer than, than others. Um, also, how big your plants are, how close they are, those kind of things. So let's just say water really, really good when you water them, then let them get almost bone dry before you soak them again. Again, these plants are pretty drought-tolerant. I plant certain things in my garden, and I can be gone for weeks and months at a time, and nobody waters my plants. And marigold is one of those kind of plants that will get by with you know, just a good rain every now and then. The worst thing is too much water.
1: Awesome. Well, I'll keep that in mind.
0: Cool. Hey, uh, uh, you're, you're a school teacher?
1: Uh, no, sir. I'm a senior at uh, Millsaps right now.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. Well, cool, cool thing. Shoot me an email. Let's kick around a couple of other variables that you can control. Awesome! I can definitely do that. Thanks so much, Felder. It'll it'll be easy. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Have a great day. All righty. By the way, folks, speaking of. An interesting thing to teach kids. This is a great time. I got an email the other day from a lady who wants to to prune her gardenias and root some of them. The shrub called gardenia and also rosemary cuttings that are four five, six inches long, with the bottom few leaves stripped off, just a few leaves left at the top. They can root in water in about three weeks. So if you want to get some kids uh, excited about growing their own shrubs. rosemary Uh, gardenias and rosemary the ends of the branches with the very tip stuff cut off and most of the leaves tripped off will root in water in about three weeks really cool close to instant gratification for kids I'm just saying so uh, we got time for some more calls you want to give us a call it's toll free 1-877-MPB ring so uh, give us a call Meanwhile, let me throw out uh, one other thing. What was it? I had a, an email. Oh, oh, oh! I looked up the uh, the Passiflora, the one called Edulis. Uh, it is native to South America. It's been evaluated for decades for fruit production. Uh, according to everything I could find, just putting my real quick fingertips on it, it's very close related to our native uh, Maypop. Um, uh, some people call it passion fruit. It produces better fruit, more fruit. It's the only one that legally can be called passion fruit, but it's only hardy down to the lower 20s. So if you get down, if your dirt gets down to the lower, below 25, down in the teens, then the whole plant can get killed. The top will die down just like ours and come back up in the spring. If we have a late cold snap, it can set back the new growth a little bit. So if you're going to try to grow it commercially for some fruit, it's got a little, more flowers, flowers a little bit deeper color, more fruits on it. Uh, just be sure that when it dies down the fall, you mulch it real well and then hope that, that, uh, that it doesn't stay cold for a long time and hope that we don't get a really, really late cold snap that gets that new growth. But apparently it'll grow in the, the, the middle to the lower south in the Gulf South uh, where it do, the soil doesn't get down below the, uh, the the lower 20s or so. So glad to find that out. Glad to find it out. Um, if you've got some ideas on why the fella can't keep enough dirt to fill his holes back up, shoot me an email. If you got some things you'd like to talk about, some of the recommendations, maybe I can use more information, shoot me an email. If you've got questions about stuff, Shoot me an email. We're going to be taking next week off because it's the Fourth of July holiday. Hey, Phil, uh, but don't. I'll be answering. My, yeah, man.
1: Yeah, I was just I was just going to jump in here, and uh, we only got a few minutes left. Um, uh, since it's the Fourth of July, uh, and it's our it's America's independence. Like what <laughs> I, I I can assume is no <laughs> celebration over um acro- across the pond.
0: <laughs> you know they. You know, I, 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 to be honest with you. After the hundreds and hundreds of years they've seen uh, countries come and go they don't think twice about our independence they don't think about it at all matter of fact a lot of them say good riddance <laughs> yeah i i, I can only,
1: i can only imagine
0: <laughs> no but it is real interesting a lot of a lot of people in america and and britain both don't realize that we're you know we have the same the same uh, basic type of of approach towards politics and things like that for all all general purposes other than the way we say stuff oh oh, oh. Let me throw this out, Job. I gave a talk to a garden club the other night, right? And I was showing pictures, and I showed a picture of some, some mailboxes. You know how people put mailboxes out? And I, and one was painted all sorts of gaudy colors. And I was saying, what's the difference between that one and all the rest? And they looked at me, with a blank. I'm thinking, don't they see that one is painted all purple and different? And then I realized later, they don't know what mailboxes are because they don't have them here.
1: They don't have, they don't have the, um, the, the duck mailboxes or the, uh, (laughs) no,
0: no, they don't have, you know, but sometimes you go along the road and you see like a a board that's got uh, six or eight mailboxes in a row and some are painted different colors. They don't have those. And so I didn't realize they didn't know, they didn't get the point I was trying to make because they didn't know what a mailbox was. I had to explain it to them. (laughs) It's crazy stuff. So anyway, it is real interesting uh, seeing how much uh, you know the two two countries and cultures have in common. But the Fourth of July, they don't even think twice about it. Uh, I will say this though, for anybody who is not not garden related, but tonight uh, are, uh, in, uh, the uh, American and French women's soccer. What we call soccer, they call it football. Are playing? It's the quarterfinals of the World Cup for the for the women, and uh, America playing France is a really really big deal. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, and people say soccer isn't a sport, you try running backwards for ninety minutes doing trigonometry in your head, and then we'll talk about that. <laughs> hey, I'm Horticultural's to Rushing. Don't forget the uh, uh, the the uh, flower show that's going to be on Livingston Road this coming Sunday. If you've got the th- things you like to talk about during the week, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Meanwhile, me and Java and all the other folks at MPB, we're going to take a couple of weeks off. I'm going to maybe go visit some gardens in Wales or Scotland or something like that. We'll be back in a couple of weeks talking about gardening. I'm a horticulturist fellow rushing, and for the past hour, I've been trying my best, struggling to help everybody get dirty. I hope it worked. We'll see y'all in a couple of weeks and have a safe and joyful celebration of our 4th of July.